Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Talking It Out About. Today I'm joined by Ellie, so welcome to the show Ellie. Thank you, thank you for having me. Anytime, hopefully you still feel that way at the end. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's just start at the beginning. Question I always like to start is how do you and FND interact? What is your link to FND? <laughs> Uh, my link with FND is quite solid. Um, I have, I'm 23 now. I was diagnosed with FND when I was 16. Okay. Um, which is, which is quite young. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, there's not many people that, that I've seen that kind of get diagnosed as a young person. No, you're, you're, other than speaking to a parent, I think you're one of the first I've spoken to of that age anyway. Yeah, I genuinely it's not really until more recent times I would say within the last year mm. that I have encountered anybody else my age with mm. FND um yeah. it, it wasn't until I was maybe yeah 21 22 that I actually had seen somebody my age but nobody had been uh, diagnosed for as long they were all very fairly recent acute uh stages of the of the diagnosis so it's mm. it's been very interesting to kind of um learn the demographics of FND I think <laughs> yes that's a very good way of putting that yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's not although it's really common it seems that the process of getting diagnosed in young people is very much more of a that's not very good English at all is it sorry let's try that again <laughs> is a lot harder um it just seems a bit mad but yeah I'm, I'm glad that you you've now come across other people your age with it um that must have been quite a nice kind of moment where you're like oh yes yeah it it was very uh validating I think Mm. would be a good word um I actually did I think it was in 2021 Mm. yes in 2021 I did a I did a a video for uh F&D Hope UK Mm -hmm. and it was one of their kind of series of videos so six videos of mine were released and I was just getting messages from people my age on Instagram, on Facebook. Mm. And it was like this whole uh, underground world of, of FND that I hadn't really discovered before, even yeah. though I, I've had it for so long. It, it was only really um, as the diagnosis has become more and more accepted, I'll say. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very different process, it seems, from when I was diagnosed. Mm. to how you would get a diagnosis now mm. um you know my my diagnosis was, was purely based on exclusion mm. rather than now it's you know they've got all these positive signs and yeah so, so it's a very different process and it's been really interesting to hear everybody else's experiences with it and mm. as a young person you know going through it at such a critical stage yeah um of your kind of like teenage development um it's it's been really lovely to kind of have a bit of a, a solidarity, I think, and mm. and have that going, oh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's such an important thing. And that's something that comes up quite often, actually, is that when you're going through the diagnosis process and you've just you've just had it, it can feel quite isolating, and quite lonely. Mm. Um, and then actually, when you come across people who are have similarities to you, whether that's in age or job or same area, you kind of go, oh, yes, it's not just me. Like you cling on to, or I, I did, um, I clung on to it, but I was like, oh, yes, this is, it's not just me, it's okay. Um, and like you said, going through it at the age of 16, 
there's so much happening in that age that actually to add this on top must have been quite a lot to have like processed for you yeah it's it's a it's definitely been a journey we'll say Mm. that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's like with fnd it's always a bit of a journey isn't it (laughs) yeah that's that's a word i feel like that gets kind of thrown around a lot especially when it comes to like therapy and everything's a journey yeah um so i have adopted that i it's been it's been a very i I will say complicated process Mm. because there were a couple of other health factors that came in Mm. from from you know age 10 um and I really started displaying symptoms of FND really about age 13 14 my goodness um and it was only uh, I I was yeah 16 2015 um I had just a bunch of viral infections so at that time the only kind of symptoms I was having was spasms in my neck and my shoulder. Mm. And then I was just, I had pneumonia. I had another virus. I had something else. Just all the winter bugs just hit me. Yeah. And I remember, it's so clear to me as well. I remember 24th of November, 2015, waking up with spasms in my neck. I was like, right, okay, whatever. And it didn't stop. Mm. And there was no release. There was like a week of just constant spasms. I was spasming in my sleep. And then as, um, you know, I was kind of off school for a little bit and then it just kind of went everywhere. Mm. And by, I would say, late December, I can walk. Yeah. (laughs) I was fully, just my entire body was just in spasm all the time for about six months. And and it was really, at that time, um, the word dystonia was being... Mm. uh, kind of thrown into the mix so I was so convinced I had dystonia dystonia and that really just means spasms yeah D- dystonia is not really it is a diagnosis in its own way but it's often a symptom so people with like Parkinson's mm. um and and you'll have dystonic reactions to medication which I I actually had when I was about 13 mm. so that's that's what they think might have triggered the spasm element of of, of FND mm. Um, and then ended up contacting the dystonia specialist. So I, I live in Ireland. I grew up in um, the Republic. I live in mm. uh, Belfast, so Northern Ireland at the moment. And mm. um, so I went through a different system. I went through the HSE and we went to the dystonia specialist and he was like, no, you, you have functional dystonia. Mm. And, and then it was just a process of therapy physical therapy and a lot of tests a lot of lot of tests (laughs) yeah as 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 normal really unfortunately so you mentioned you've mentioned a couple of things and I was desperately trying to write down notes as you were talking (laughs) because I was like oh I want to talk about this and I want to talk about this there's so many things there's so much you can go in and talk about um and I think it's it's one of those things as soon as you start peering like into that box there's so much that comes out of it and it's trying mm. to identify like the key parts that you're like, oh, I really want to know about this. And I'll yes. say, this is just my view. And I'm like very aware that there are people listening and they'll be like, why didn't you ask her about this? So I have to try and balance it all. Oh, it's um, all good. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really, so obviously you said you're, you were diagnosed in Ireland. The, I'm assuming that there was almost a, a slightly different diagnosis, like different process that you went through mm-hmm. to what say I went through in England. Yeah, it's, 
I so so I I was born in England so like my, my dad's English but I grew up in in Ireland so I have mm-hmm. a I've kind of got to, to taste both healthcare systems and now that yeah. I live in in Northern Ireland you know it, it mm-hmm. is a very different experience yeah um I grew up in Donegal which is a beautiful part of the country but it is also fairly rural yeah um, you have kind of one main hospital that is serving an entire county mm. um nobody knew nobody knew what it was nobody would have the faintest idea of a functional uh, neurological disorder at that point and mm. um, it's a lot better now but yeah I don't think it would have entered into into the heads um I had a, a series of there were other kind of like I said health issues at the time and there had been a kind a couple of like misdiagnoses in there and mm. um, I remember I was I think I was yeah 13 and so I also have a, a vocal cord disorder where my vocal cords actually spasm over my airway sometimes. And, and at that oh time, goodness. it was very acute, very, very acute. And uh, so it was kind of happening all the time. And mm. I remember my pediatrician uh, after an appointment ringing my mum at like eight o'clock at night saying, you need to go down to Dublin. Mm. So Dublin is where you have all the main hospitals. That's where all your specialists are. Other than yeah. I think we've got Galway as well. Mm. But that, you know, you've got two big main cities that have everything. Yeah. You, it's, and every, everywhere else is quite small. So you don't really have like your specialists spread mm. across the country. They're in Dublin or Galway. That's, that's your options. Yeah. And you are going to those places should you need specialist. Yeah. Input. Yeah. And she called my mum at about eight, nine o'clock at night saying, you need to go to Dublin tonight. We've booked an emergency MRI. Um, you know, it, it was either this is this is anxiety based at the time. That's what I was getting. Everything was based on my anxiety and my mental health. Mm. Or she could, you know, have a brain tumour and be dying. Like, that, yeah. that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, that's... Um, quite that, that's a very different you know that's two different things opposite sides of the spectrum I'll say that, that that's kind of going into the extremes there isn't it you're like mm, okay right yeah I mean I don't want to have to choose but if I had to choose I would go with the anxiety thing <laughs> if I get any say in this I would prefer <laughs> this side if that's okay with everyone involved yeah there was a lot of um it could be this or it could be death um, that that was mm. kind of how I things were you presented either, to me. You will either recover or you will die. Done. There's yeah. no like middle ground to that, is there? Which yeah. is which uh, as a as a young person hearing that, you went whoa, like that. That is a lot to kind of comprehend, and and for your mum as well, I can imagine like hearing that, you're like, oh my goodness me, like what do we even do? So you got referred. You had your MR, MRI. They put you through. Yeah, that that was all, and that was all clear when I was fourteen. Mm. So I just kind of left. It was like, okay, all of your all of your symptoms are anxiety based, and and at that time I was really struggling with anxiety, mm. um, and I kind of always have done, mm. but there were uh, just a couple of things that happened when I was an early teenager that just exacerbated everything. Yeah, um, so it was really really quite extreme. Um, but yeah, it was a case of there's nothing physical she's just a bit anxious mm. um so for a very long time I was just kind of left 
just to just to get on with it and any symptom I ever showed was all related to anxiety you know it was one of those that my arm could be hanging off and it's like "Mm, but are you feeling a bit anxious um (laughs) yes yes I am but I'm feeling anxious because my arm is hanging off there is a reason (laughs) there's a a little bit of that um (laughs) but yeah it it, I, I there were just lots of viral infections when I was 16 and it just just erupted um Um, unfortunately that does tend to be the way with FND that you you I know the the kind of the more traditional view is that you have like a trauma an emotional or psychological trauma and that kicks it but I've spoken to so many people who have said like I was poorly I had a viral infection I mean I went down after having laryngitis like Mm. it was part of it and it's actually it's it's you're moving away from that to that view of it's all trauma linked but it could just be that actually you were really poorly and your body just went no I don't know what to do now so I'll just play around with the wires in my brain that's how I view it anyway yeah I I think um I'm at a stage now where I'm much more comfortable with the diagnosis and Hmm. it was a very it was really like I didn't tell anyone at school anyone mm. at school didn't they, they didn't know the kind of extent of, of what was happening mm. I was just off school and I, I do remember coming back and my friends telling me some of the uh I wouldn't say rumors nobody was being nasty about it mm. but some of the kind of hypothesis yeah um so when I came back nine months later at age 16 um the, oh. that, that the, yeah there were a couple of people having, yeah hello Ellie, you back? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what happened there. Um, so I heard up to when you went back, you got told some of the things that people were saying. Yeah, yes. I I, I heard a couple of interesting theories about where I had been uh, for for the months at school, which was very entertaining and <laughs> unfortunately very not true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just was really uncomfortable mm. with having FND because Mm. the way that it was presented to me that it was solely linked to my mental health and I think there was a bit of a blame Mm. and I think it's very difficult to explain because obviously you know I grew I grew up in, in in Ireland and you know we're not quite there yet Mm. nobody is but but in Ireland it's very much still it, it, it was still you know mental health mm, it's a bit dodgy yeah <laughs> you know the you know you've got some absolutely wonderful um doctors and and nurses and, and uh, medical professionals but unfortunately I think if you grow up in Ireland you you do kind of have that internal bias mm. um and outside of the kind of uh medical world yeah that's all I was getting yeah it's just okay she's a bit (laughs) yeah and you're like I'm really not like that's not what's going on but it's really hard when that kind of pre-judgment has been made and you're like yeah great wonderful now what do I do (laughs) well that is something that I have um encountered a lot Mm. as an adult um Mm. And I think I, because I have been so un- unsure and un- so uncertain with the diagnosis myself, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt. And as a teenager, you're just full of it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And there's just Absolutely. that sense of kind of going, 
am I actually like am I crazy am I doing this to myself is yeah. this my fault yeah um there's there's a very clear kind of shame cycle so yeah. I think I've almost gone the opposite way and and I've been very proactive talking about it as I've gotten older and as I've got more comfortable yeah um, but I, I think yeah. it, it takes time to feel comfortable like even even like with mine like yes I, I share my story but right back at the beginning point when I'd just been diagnosed I couldn't think of anything worse than telling people what was going on with me I like it was it, I wasn't comfortable either I was like nope I feel a lot of shame I feel very guilty I've done this to myself like all that sort of thing and I I very much shut it down because I I just felt so awful about what I'd done to myself although that isn't isn't yeah actually what yeah, happened yeah, yeah. but you do don't you because you're like it's my brain like I've done this to myself somehow um but it, it's really hard yeah. to kind of come around to feeling comfortable with it how long did it take you to feel comfortable with it do you think uh if I'm being fully honest <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite there yet if that is fair Yes. I'm okay with it but then I feel like because I don't have anything I don't have something on a scan to show people mm-hmm. and because it's not something that's very well known mm-hmm. I tend to find that people feel very entitled <laughs> to knowing the entire um, you know process and diagnosis process and mm. they want like physical proof Mm-hmm. and I find that so odd and I, so many people have, have asked me about um medications and yep. I just I would never ask that of somebody else yeah like, it's, it's it's kind of like you you have you have a condition and that almost gives people some sort of weird like I don't know signal that means they can ask you about medication or about you know do you have any proof or oh do you actually have it? And you get all these questions you wouldn't normally get. I would never think to ask that of anyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's weird. I wouldn't meet someone in the street and go, oh, are you on medication? Like, that's that's not <laughs> that's not how I roll. But yet, for some reason, it tends to be the conversation that happens around conditions which are life-altering. I'm going to put it that way, because I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. I Does think, that make I sense? That's fair. Yeah. And I, I think as well, because you know, everyone has heard about things like, you know, everyone knows diabetes, MS, Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. they know asthma, you know, asthma could be very, very mild, but I would never go, okay, what inhaler are you on? What dosage are you on? (laughs) Can you tell me business? Can you tell me how many times you use it? Who prescribed (laughs) it? When they prescribed it and everything else in between? (laughs) Yeah, I just, you know, somebody with blue lips going, "Mm, do you really have it? Um, are you sure you really need this? Are you? Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you can't breathe? Take some deep breaths. <laughs> yeah, it will be fine. Uh, it it yeah. is hard though. It's really hard, and I think that's another thing that just blows your mind is those questions. And I'm sat here going, I, I've just realised I've said like, oh, I'd never ask about medication or anything like that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure in podcasts I've asked, but that's because there's like a there's a sort of a mutual agreement between whoever I'm talking to, Mm, that actually it's okay to ask. I'm not meaning it in a judgmental way or anything like that. I'm, we've had that pre-conversation sort of said like, 
are you happy to talk about and like anything do you want me to avoid anything and it kind of comes up through that um so I realized I sounded a bit hypocritical there so very oh very no sorry. no not at all <laughs> it's it's you know we've all come on to talk about FND mm. if I didn't want you to ask about that I would very clearly like please don't ask about that yeah. please avoid this topic and that would be fun I was just sat here going huh I've realized what I've just said <laughs> and what I'm currently doing I was like that doesn't make sense and hang on I need to I need to address this just before people get very mad at me that I've said that <laughs> there's, there's things happening behind the scenes that you guys don't hear where conversations are had about topics that need to be avoided or where people are comfortable let me just reassure you I'm not just kind of going in guns blazing I promise um, <laughs> no we're yeah no it's it's we've all everyone's agreed to, you know the contract has been you know when I was sat here I was suddenly panicking going oh my god that sounds so bad oh need to address it right it's fine we can move back on now sorry got distracted but yeah no I think it's it's hard isn't it when uh, there's part of me so I had a, a situation where I was in Marks and Spencers of all places in my wheelchair mm-hmm. um, and a woman came up to me and asked me no hello or anything but just asked me straight out are you disabled for life <laughs> Sorry. and I was like whoa um what and, and it, you just I just sort of sat there and I was like I, I don't know how to answer this question but there's something a, that kind of gives people that vibe that they can ask that and there's part of me that's like absolutely ask questions because that's how we all learn Mm-hmm. but equally there's a way to ask a question and there's a way to engage with something I feel yeah. that's just me oh no I I've had some interesting um I think a lot of and and this really this really gets me um yeah. I think people forget that young people can be ill can have conditions can yeah and I've I've had a, a couple of different situations, but the one that always sticks with me is um, on the bus, having a really bad pain day. And because my spasms are so uh, severe, mm. I sprain a lot. Um, you know, there's there's tendons and there's been a lot of tearing and it's all, mm. it's all wonderful. Um, all the fun stuff that you're like, great, love it. Yeah, like you know, I, I spasm in my sleep. So there are days where I wake up and I've sprained both my ankle and my wrist in my oh sleep. My, oh my goodness me, bless you. And it's just like, oh, at least at least I would like to be kind of cognizant for that process. Yeah, I'd like to be somewhat aware that it's happening, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, give me a heads up. Just but, like write me a memo the night before. What are you planning on spraying <laughs> during the night so I can like prepare and put things on like to support them? preemptively <laughs> that would be lovely thank you <laughs> but yeah this I was sitting um you know there were plenty of other seats on the bus but I was just sitting at, at, at one of the front seats that's that's reserved for uh disabled or, or pregnant people and and this little old lady is just asking me is like I don't think you should be sitting there that's for disabled people only and mm. I just I don't understand why you would go out of your way to make a point mm. like that it's you know nobody else is looking for a seat you know obviously if there is someone who is in a chair that that needs that spot um then yeah of course I would move but you know I am in a significant amount of pain most of the time mm. I'm gonna sit on that seat in the bus that's 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 the only like perks that I get <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean like 
I, I kind of sit there, I'm like, I've earned this today. <laughs> I have got this in the bag. I get to sit at the front of the bus. <laughs> it's, it's really hard though, because I think you, and I've, I've said it before, if you have like a broken bone, you have a cast on, you have crutches, yeah. or you have a sling, people can see it and people register, oh, you've broken a bone. Right. I may not have ever broken a bone, but I can understand that must be a lot of pain for you. You can't mm. move as much. Like you'll get tired. Like you, there's that kind of implicit understanding around a broken bone. But when you have something like FND, where it kind of rears its head whenever it feels like it, and at yeah. a moment's notice, people find that a lot harder to kind of understand. I think, and I think that is changing. I think we are becoming more accepting and kind of understanding of those things and you know yeah. not all disabilities are visible mm-hmm. but I still feel like you do get those looks of like hmm really and you're like yes really do I need like I can't do I need a t-shirt that says it on so that you can see I'm not just putting this on because I can't be bothered to walk to the back of the bus for example like yeah you know, it's, know. Hard. It's, it, it, it's just someone's it's just so unnecessary mm-hmm. And it's just because there's so many experiences and, and I I think something that I've dealt with a lot um, is is the medical trauma of, mm. of having FND. Um, you know, there has been a lot of, of medical trauma. Mm. But that that one instance that she'll never think of again. Yeah. That's just slotting into, you know, a library of mm complete of of events that invalidate me my yeah. condition you know regardless of what is causing it I mm. was still an incredible amount of pain that day mm. and it's not for somebody else to kind of look in and be like mm, well you know you, you can get better if you really work at it and I think there's that mentality a lot with FMD is that it it can be reversible you can get so much better like I am so much better than I was Mm. um and I I have good days and I have bad days but this idea of you can get better it can be completely different Mm. therefore it's not as important Mm. and I'm kind of going no right right now this instant really sucks yeah (laughs) it sucks so hard right now It doesn't matter in, in, you know, right now, in, in 10 days, you tell me I'm completely cured. That's wonderful. But right this instant, not good. Yeah, please stop. Right now, I already feel rubbish. I don't need this being added to it. I think that's, yeah. that, that's the thing, isn't it? And I, it's so difficult. And in, maybe, that's, maybe that's what we need to do. So, you know, we've, we've all had, I'm dancing between so many different things here. Sorry. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this and this and this and this. So I'm going to try to this quickly because I'm going to forget. Um, <laughs> this is why I always have a notepad and pen when I do these because I always <laughs> write notes. Um, it's maybe instead of talking about the bad experiences, we need to talk about the good experiences. Mm. So when has someone approached us and actually we've had a really constructive conversation with them about the condition what how is there a way that someone could phrase it where it wouldn't be you know finger pointing what do you think yeah I think sorry I'm totally putting you on the spot there I'm just thinking no 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 I I I really do agree because 
I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm very open. Mm. Um, I want to be very open about it. Not necessarily for everybody else, you know, that that's my way of kind of going, I'm okay with this. Mm. And to be, I didn't maybe tell my friends for so, so long. And, and you know, during, during university, I was very, still quite quiet about it. Mm. Um, and instead of telling somebody I didn't feel well, I'll just be like, oh, no, I can't go tonight. Don't feel up to it. Like, don't want to go. Yeah. Um, and it was only when I really started being open with my friends, they started asking questions. And instead of it being, you know, what's caused it, um, mm. you know, what medications, it was like, okay, what can we do to help? You know, what makes it yeah. easier? And now I have such a fantastic relationship with them and my condition. And mm. we've all kind of you know we're all doing the nine to five jobs on mm. our lives and not as crazy and impulsive as they once <laughs> were during uni but we've, they've been incredibly accommodating mm. and I you know a really recent one was um sometimes very very rarely I use a walking stick mm. and I was going shopping with my friend and I had to tell him I was like oh, oh I I'm using a walking stick today like it's okay I don't have to come shopping because I was I was really embarrassed yeah and I was really worried that he was going to be really embarrassed yeah absolutely fine he was like when I showed up he was like okay cool walking stick if we need to go for coffee have a sit down you let me know yeah and it's instead of you know people no one's entitled to your medical history mm. um so so I I really unless somebody with the condition is broaching that topic Mm. I don't really think it's a conversation that somebody else should be starting Mm. it should those are conversations that should be you know on my terms yeah um but asking what you can do to help um asking you know what can I do to make your day easier yeah that that just that is just so nice and and during the day because it's a foldable walking stick if I felt okay I would put it away and Mm. I kind of stumbled at one point and he was like right okay time to get it out again let's go Mm. and it was so natural Mm. and somebody that I've known for years and and trust a hundred percent and I was just so surprised Mm. and so like I shouldn't have been surprised I know he's great but it just it just made me feel so comfortable and yeah and yeah, no, it's it, it's it's all about what you can do for the person rather than asking about the condition. Mm. I you think know? that's a that's a really good distinction, actually. Of like, what can I do to make your make it easier right now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about. I don't necessarily need to know every detail about how you present, what your symptoms are, anything like that. But what can I do to make your life easier right now? That applies for anyone. Not just people yeah. with FND or any condition, just anyone, anywhere. You can just ask that question. That is an okay question to ask, I think. It's a it's a nice kind of way of saying, look, I noticed that things maybe aren't going very well for you right now. What can mm-hmm. I do? Is there anything I can do? Can I, can I move something? Can I get you something? Can I call someone? What is it that you need to make your day successful right now? And I think yeah. that's, a, that's a far better way of, of putting it. But I can understand... 
you're surprised at your friend like I, I know you said that you trust them completely but I guess it stems from maybe what you said previously about like the medical trauma and stuff if you've had interactions mm-hmm. where people have been negative they've not believed you they've been you know unkind or whatever you're going to unfortunately have that as your starting point and I think we all do because like you said about the lady on the bus for her that won't be a memory she ever thinks about but for you it slots into your library of memories and I think it's that sort of thing so that surprise of your friend I get it because yeah I I I was also in that position like it's it's hard because you're like oh that wasn't how I was expecting you to respond I don't know what to do with this now okay right (laughs) it it throws you because you're like uh, I, I don't know what to do I'm um, okay right yes <laughs> yeah it, it's it's it was so bizarre and I think as well because now that I'm much more comfortable uh, comfortable about it um you know my humor is is can be quite dark I think that is <laughs> and and as a friendship group with all of my friends you know the way we show affection is you just take the mickey out of each other mm. and what was so lovely is that quite quickly they were very comfortable making jokes about it in a way that I was still a part of the joke yeah it wasn't laughing at you it was laughing with you yeah and it was it's and and I don't mind jokes about it at all I think it's funny and I think Mm. it's the way that I cope Mm. um and as long as I'm 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 part of that joke and it's it's inclusive of me Mm. rather than of just focusing on the condition that's one element mm. and it's it's yeah as as long as it's you know still still within a, a certain boundary I think yeah. is is fine um but no it, it's the I think it is just so difficult being balancing growing up trying to find out who you are your social life your studies your job and this very weird condition that not only comes with a range of symptoms but I think there's so much I think FND wouldn't be as difficult if the process of getting diagnosed and the treatment and the trauma Mm. wasn't as such a large part you know I um would say now that I have really severe hypochondria Mm because I have FND and and it was some of the process of getting that diagnosis of people missing things Mm. um, that I get very nervous that one day something will be missed. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean that I'm constantly ringing the doctor going to A&E every time I, you know, bump my toe. (laughs) It's actually the opposite. Yeah. It's the amount of times that I have gotten a cold that I let get to a chest infection that I let get to pneumonia yeah. because I'm so scared of ringing the doctor and them saying, well, it's probably just FND. Mm. You know, I, I'm so like, this is a bit of a, a tangent, but it's such, it's such like emblematic of FND and, and that trauma is that I, I fell um, a couple of years ago, I was slightly drunk, and I fell. No judgment here. <laughs> no judgment here. Um, no judgment yeah. here. You're in a safe space. <laughs> hey, you can you can drink and have a Cindy. I don't oh, drink absolutely. anymore, actually. Absolutely. Um, I, I, that is another thing that bugs me so much. Is people are like, oh, can you do that? Like, yes, I can do that. 
I can do that. That's fine. Drinking F and D. If you want to have a drink, that's absolutely fine. Like there's no. Yeah. So you would. Yeah, there's no fun. So you would. You were slightly merry and fell over. I was slightly merry. I was 19 as well for <laughs> just. To, um and and I fell and the next day my my ankle was just black mm. and I didn't do anything about it because I obviously a little bit embarrassed about falling when Mary <laughs> but I just refused I was like I'm not going to the doctor I'm not going to any it's going to be mm. fine it's going to be fine but because I've been so comfortable with the pain of sprains mm. I was like oh this is manageable I I walked on that that very black ankle for about four weeks before oh. my boyfriend at the time like convinced me like almost dragged me to A&E oh bless you um and when I got A&E like it's still massively swollen four weeks in and mm. um, still very very bruised went to A&E got it uh, x-rayed I mentioned that I had FND and the attending nurse was like, there's nothing on the scan. We think it's probably a gate problem to do with your FND. So we're going to send you to physio. I was like, right, okay. At this point, still really hurt. Mm. I went to physio about three weeks later and she looked at my foot, examined it, turned it a little bit. She was horrified. I'd actually mm. torn the ligaments. So torn ligaments okay. and tendons in my foot and because of the way that it you know I hadn't looked after it properly that bit is on me Mm. um that they've actually they've healed lengthened so that ankle is now incredibly unstable and that is going to be like that for the rest of you know my life I've had to to get um splints and uh, orthotics and because of of that and it it was because I was so anxious about the idea of going to a hospital to to ask for help Mm. and the very thing that I was afraid of happened yeah I now have an issue with that 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 leg that isn't going to go away that's now that is now yeah that is now a constant for you unfortunately yeah and as a result of that one injury and not getting fully believed um I, I sprain this this ankle all the time because I'm going over it like mad. So yeah, I th- I, th- I think it's it goes back to like what we, what we said about the lady on the bus and and how like for her it's not something that sticks with her, but for you it does. I think it's the same with doctors and medical professionals. Unfortunately, they're they're one throwaway line. For them, they may never think about it ever again. But for the yeah. person they're talking to. That, that changes the whole way you view it. And from the sounds of it, you've had a couple of incidences maybe where that has happened and that has led you to feel this this anxiety about mm. going into hospital now and asking for help when you need it because of the experiences that you've had. Yeah, it's it's been quite, I would say the last, I would say six months, you know, I, I think we I contacted you in September mm. about... Um, a there's now this kind of conversation within my health team mm. of uh in the last year there's been I've gone to see a couple of physios I uh there there was an incident where I had to an ambulance was called um mm. and the word hypermobile has been mm. thrown around a lot yeah and I was like oh I've never heard this before and it was only this 
last year at, at the age of 23 I realized that I'm double jointed in all of my joints ah <laughs> yeah. I just I just thought my arm was meant to bend that way and it was only when I you know I remember showing my mum and like me and my mum are so close she's gone to every appointment I've ever been to mm. and I showed her I just put out my arm like the way that I would straighten my arm and she was horrified she was like how did I not notice that you were this you know <laughs> bendy, bendy. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not flexible. Like, mm. I think what's happened is that because my joints, as it seems, are, are so unstable, that the muscles around it have tightened. Mm. And it's actually, um, I had an x-ray on my, on my spine and my spine looks curved. I don't have um, scoliosis and it's not actually, well, I'm not to explain this, but it's not curved because of the spine. It's because my hip is a little bit unstable that the muscles around that have tightened so much that it's actually pulling the oh. spine a little bit oh wow yeah so it, it's I was like oh so with hypermobility and some of the other symptoms that I've had that for for years I've just gone oh it's FND it's FND that might not actually be FND yeah you know, I've, I've done the same thing to myself and mm. um, and a lot of the young people I know, my age specifically, uh, specifically women, um, have uh, either hypermobility joint conditions or something called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Okay, say that, say that last one all again for me. <laughs> Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Okay, uh, you're going to have to to type that out to me in a, in a, in a message. I will, so don't worry. <laughs> there is not a chance in scooby-doo land that i will be able to spell that correctly i i did not i did not the first time i heard it i was like ha, no idea it, it um, literally just sounds like you've just made up a new language i'm sorry but I, just like, what? <laughs> I think it's somebody's name or so i can't remember what it is but it's basically the collagen in your body is faulty so okay. it's things like um you stretchy skin unstable joints um prone to dislocations and mm. Uh, tendon issues and mm. you know physically the, the thing that that makes up your body you know collagen there's something fundamentally wrong with it it's just gone on a on like a little wild party somewhere yeah it's just, just doing its own thing it's like a genetic so that there's lots of different types of it and I it was something that was kind of questioned you know I've been to a chiropractor I've been to a physio um I had gone to uh orthopedic eye cats mm. for my feet and he was like your ankles and legs are just going all over the place like mm. I don't it's no wonder you keep um spraining everything yeah so I had an appointment with my neurologist in September mm. and I wanted to broach this of okay maybe I have I, I have FND I fully accept I have FND that's fine but maybe the reason my injuries are so severe is that I have um, issues with hypermobility. And, mm. um, you know, my, my consultant is, is so wonderful, so lovely, but I wasn't seeing a consultant that day. Mm. I was seeing, I think it was one of the registrars, can't mm. remember. And she immediately shut me down. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't even let me discuss it. She just goes, well, a lot of people come in here with FND you know, and, and they've been on the forums and they've been on the blogs. 
and and they've been looking up all their symptoms and 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 they're just hoping for another diagnosis and they don't want to have fnd and i just like i i i would say that i'm generally quite confident and quite outspoken i'm very good at advocating for myself mm. this broke me That's like i just it just absolutely broke me and i just burst into tears and I got so angry. I was like, what you have just done is is so this is This is not you, okay what you've just done. You've put me in this box and you've put everybody with FND in or, this or in this box of she was almost like assuming that I wanted to have conditions. I want to be sick. I want to mm. be in pain. Yeah. And it's you know, first of all, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not on forums and blogs. <laughs> That's not what this is. Yeah. She didn't even let me say, actually, this is what this professional said, this is what this professional said, and I'm bringing it all together because nobody is looking at me as one full person. Yeah, you're looked what at every... separately, aren't you? Yeah, I'm like, and I think that's so um, demeaning. And I think as a teenager, something that I've been working a lot on now is that I just felt like I was a thing of body parts. Mm. And my relationship with my body was so, and, and, and still is, so disconnected. Yeah. Because I'm so used to people podding and, and, and proking and, you know, needles and tests. And then when I actually talked to, my, uh, talked to her about my symptoms and particular issues I had, she just backpedaled. She yeah. was like, okay, we're doing this test. We're getting this done. Um, turns out I might need to go get steroid injections in my shoulder that I've, I've had incredible pain for about 12 years. Hmm. Um, and she also, interestingly, told me that Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome um, is not a recognized disorder oh. or it's not a recognized diagnosis. So... This is very, very petty of me, but I um, emailed the kind of top researcher of hypermobility disorders in the UK, mm. told her what this um, registrar had said. Yeah. I get back an email going, no, she's absolutely wrong. It is completely 100% recognised. Yeah. And then just forwarded the email. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's, it, Love it. it, you know, that, that was my, that was my little, like, I have to get something back. But I think because you, I, it was, it, well, it sounds, it was, it was very, like, she didn't, she didn't hear you out at all. And she'd gone to you and said with such confidence, it's not a diagnosis. You're like, well, you haven't heard me. So I get why you'd, why you'd then take the next step that you did. Because you're mm. like, well, hang on a minute. Like, no, this isn't, this isn't how this works um and that yeah I can imagine that was really really horrible but really hard to deal with all at the same time you're kind of like well you've made me feel rubbish but I know I think, I've got something going yeah, on yeah it felt like my dignity had just been stripped away and that yeah. it was almost like this um reconfirmation that some people will just look at you and see you as a problem yeah that almost like I'm I'm clogging up the system and it, it's not that at all um and then as a result of of that and 
two weeks ago, I found out that they want to do basically a complete re-evaluation, complete testing again to confirm my FND diagnosis. Mm. And it just felt like they've they've torn open a wound that that has healed. Yeah. And it's it feels like um I feel almost like I reverted in that instant to like that 16-year-old where yeah. it's um that that time was incredibly traumatic. Yeah. Um just constantly been tested for all these different things, the anxiety of that. Yeah. And then getting told yeah, scans all clear. You are just really anxious. That's why you can't walk. And it, it, it's, I'm very nervous. And it, yeah. it, I feel like this is going to come with a lot of emotion again. Yeah. But I think that's it, completely understandable. I think if, if I'd gone through what you'd gone through and the experiences you've had, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we want to retest you just, just because like we want to make sure whatever I'd I'd be reacting in exactly the same way I probably wouldn't be as calm as you're currently sounding I you know whether or not you you are actually calm about it is 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 different but like I probably my brain would have completely lost it like I would have gone there would have been no way I'd be functioning at that point I I didn't um deal with it very well for for two days afterwards It, it it was just you know, I just, I just called my mum, like, tears, and, mm. and just kind of going, why are they doing this to me again? Mm. Are you, are you trying to prove a point? Are you, um, what are you hoping to gain from it, sort of thing? I mean, some of it, from, from some... their, sorry, sorry, from yeah, their, not, not from you, sorry, that, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I get, I don't worry, God, <laughs> sorry, it... that was not how that was meant to come out at all, I do apologize, <laughs> Lord. Lord. Oh, I, got, I got I got what you meant yeah I, I felt that they were trying to almost like cover themselves I was like mm. it has been um what seven nearly eight years mm. um why why are you doing this now yeah uh, and and some of it there is a potential that they are going to be like actually you do have did this hypermobility issue mm. I already know that I just need somebody else to know that. Yeah. You know, my joints, are, I am fully double jointed. My my thumb clicks out of place all the time. So when I spasm, it clicks out of place. Mm. But I need that to be on record. It actually turns yeah. out that my team up in Donegal didn't actually have the right diagnosis. Oh. They have, what they've got me down as is um, general anxiety with somatic symptoms. Oh. Whereas the neurology team, I have an FND diagnosis. I've had that diagnosis since I was 16. Yeah. How how did that not transfer to my Denny Gall team? Madness. So that's why this whole thing has been prompted of, well, actually, we need to check all of this. We need to check all these other symptoms. And mm. I'm just going to go with the flow. I yeah. say that as if, I'm not terrified of it. I think it's perfectly. If I I think it's perfectly fine. You're you're worried about it. I think that's a perfectly normal response to, given the situation you found yourself in. Like absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I take my hat off to you for for saying you're going to go with it and you're going to do it anyway. Um, but I think it's completely fair that you are feeling 
a bit like Ooh, about it. I did a really funny facial expression <laughs> there and I realised you couldn't see I, that. But I, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cracky. I caught the reflection in, in what I'm recording in and I was like, that was a cracky facial expression that no one will ever get to witness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it does feel like it's kind of upturned the apple cart because mm. I I've done so well despite yeah. what I've been been told you know I graduated mm. I worked through the pandemic um I managed to get into the kind of like research analyst uh sector without maybe having some of the same qualifications as other people and it's I've done really well despite yeah. despite everything people. yeah like I I've had to do it my own way and because of that, it's been very, very tough. Mm. But I have, but you've achieved. I'm a lot more, got the, the kind of courage of my convictions. Mm. Um, you know, I, think, I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I, I honestly do. Like, you're, you're working full time, you're, you know, you're active, you're doing everything that you want to be doing. And that's incredible. And I think, you know, Yes, you know, you've 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 been in this journey for seven years, but still that's incredible to be able to reach that point. And I think, you know, credit where credit's due, you've you've worked hard for it. Like, you know, good on you. Yeah, like it's really you. impressive and it's it's really reassuring for me. I mean, I'm only four years in. Oh my god, I'm four years in. Huh. Um, <laughs> oh I know it's so horrible. Gee. Um like but it's really reassuring to know that you know it is possible it's there are people out there with fnd who are thriving we're not just surviving we are thriving and i yeah. think that that's really important for people listening others with fnd or any condition to know is that you can still thrive your thriving might look different to the person next to you but you will still get there um that's it's, such it, a key point it just yeah. might be a slightly weird path to get there you know but you will get there eventually and it will it will work out but I think when you're in the trenches of it there is no you, at that point you're like I'm just surviving the day or the hour or you know this spasm this seizure but yeah. there is light at the end of the tunnel I know you may not be able to see it yet this is for people listening sorry <laughs> you may not be able to see no, it yet <laughs> but actually it is there you just have to trust the process a little bit Sorry, I feel like I got a bit on a soapbox there. I do apologise. I'm going to get back down. No, that, that was that was that was good. That was good. I feel very inspired. <laughs> no, you you're you're so right though. Is that it's with 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 every condition, and I think you don't have to look. Your life doesn't have to look the same as everybody else's. There's there's not no. one path, no. and it's that's something that I think I really had to reconcile with. Like I I always knew what I wanted. Hmm. I but I thought I was always going to be um you know doing fabulously well academically hmm. I did okay yeah and you know I I had this really set path that I wanted hmm. and I I it's not that I didn't take that path at the time I couldn't um and I have somehow managed to land a job that I love yeah that is what I wanted um hmm. And it is it is a lot of hard work, mm. and but also I've got to you know give credit. Yeah, you know, I have a fantastic support system. Mm. You know, I would not be where I am without my parents. 
Mm. Um, you know, specifically my mum, she's just completely uh, a rock and, mm. you know, best friend and everything. But it, it's, yeah. you know, it, where I am now is a team effort. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very grateful for that. And I don't think everybody else gets that. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for them. I think it's it's important to kind of, you know, we we everyone has some form of support network, whether it's one person, an animal or a whole host of people. You have some support network and credit where credit due. Like, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without my support network, like my husband, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, absolutely. I would not be I wouldn't be doing the podcast if it wasn't for him type thing. So, you know, he's got yeah. a lot. He's had an influence in a lot of things that I do. And I, I wouldn't be where I am without him. But equally, you have to remember to give yourself credit as well. Mm. And I think that's the other thing is that, you know, quite often when I talk to people with F&D, you know, stuff about being a burden and kind of, you know, not having value and stuff comes up because that's how we feel. Yeah. But equally, you have to see the positive of you worked hard to get where you've got to. You've mm. worked hard to get to the position you're in and to be thriving and your thriving might look completely different to mine, but that's okay because you're thriving for you. You're not thriving for anyone else. And I think, you know, I take my hat off to you that you're doing it. You're you're achieving this and you're, whether or not in the inside you're, you know, freaking out and feeling really anxious. <laughs> you know, I would completely get it if you were, but, you know, you're doing so well. And I think that's really important to hear as well, as much as like, you know, the yeah. rubbish that goes alongside it, you have to have the balance of, look at how far I've come on this journey and it might be really rocky and I might go up and down and I might take a nap every 10 minutes but I've done really <laughs> yeah, well I don't know why I, I don't know why I went to a nap that seems that didn't fit my story no 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 <laughs> that, that that fits mine actually so we're good <laughs> it, I think it's just that balance isn't it like when I work with when I work with kids in schools like you talk about being positive and what did you do well I think that's something you forget as an adult or what have you done well what were your successes today like what did you achieve today that maybe yesterday seemed impossible or a week ago or a month ago or six months ago a year ago seven years ago like you still have to find those successes sorry I got really like passionate there about that <laughs> no I that's it, it's so nice to have those conversations as well because I think the conversations that are focused around FND are so negative and mm. you know sometimes rightly so um, it's it's a very difficult, you know, the medical system is very difficult to navigate and it often yeah. falls on you. Um, yeah. And it all just, it, it spirals and impacts your life. But then yeah. you also have to, you really have to force that, that positivity. And it's that thing of, you know, sometimes when you do like affirmations in the mirror, mm. you might not believe it's true at the time. But eventually it just slowly becomes true. Oh my God, don't, my, right, my husband cannot listen to this podcast because he's been telling me that for years and I have never done it because I find it too awkward. So this, he will not listen to this one. Are you, you, um, I think he should. I think <laughs> I just, I, my so mum made me do it. I just I, can't, like even talking about it makes me go, eesh. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't love it, but it is something like, and I think because I did it as like 16 year old, which just felt so silly. Yeah. Um, I think at that time it was really, really important. And it was something that um, 
became more comfortable yes. as time went on. It's still like, ugh. but I also <laughs> think, to be honest, I have uh, a big enough ego that's also got me through. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, <laughs> I think it's 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 just uh, like it's great that it's worked. It's working for you, and you can do. I just for me. The idea of standing in front of the mirror and saying something positive about myself makes me want to hurl. Um, I just, <laughs> it's actually making me feel a bit nauseous, not going to lie. Probably should address that. Talking man, if you're listening, maybe can we address this, please? Because this is a normal response, I feel. Um, but yeah, it's just... Uh, no, makes me... Uh, okay, no, we're going to have to change the topic. I actually am having a physical reaction to that. <laughs> I can't deal with that. Um, anyway, so moving on. Yes. Other than the thing that makes me want to feel a... Um, we've spoken a lot about kind of your experiences and stuff like that, but and you've said about your support network and kind of being an advocate for yourself, but kind of what things have you... If you if you had to pick like your top three or so, what would be the things that you would say to someone else that has really helped you? Um, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm really sorry. It's because I'm trying to divert desperately off of the conversation that makes me go. (laughs) (laughs) I can't actually believe the strength of the physical reaction I'm having to this. Like, don't I? I yeah, I do know it. I don't like doing it. It's it's more when I'm like in a situation. I'm like, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I'm not actually looking in a mirror. Oh, even uh, no, no, no. no. Yes, we'll move on. Move on. what helps me in terms of of just general life just I think it's just so you've obviously you've 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 done so well and I just wondered Mm -hmm. if you had any like strategies that have really helped you obviously being diagnosed at a young age it's a it's a different ball game and I'm just Mm. aware that actually I've, I've not spoken to anyone that got diagnosed at that age and I was just wondering if you could reflect on anything that you think really helped you for anyone who's listening that's of a similar age and is going how did she get through it what did she do can you give them like your little cheat card of like this is the things I tried god yeah um my mum's gonna kill me that I say this (laughs) because she's tried to she's tried to reinforce this on me so much and it's only (laughs) now that I've accepted it routine yep routine is so important like I I I noticed I struggled a lot during uni because you're kind of I've only got eight hours of class time a week oh my so goodness kind me of, oh yeah, it's, I did that's, an arts degree so that's no that is <laughs> like in, so I, I trained I'm a trained primary school teacher I was in every day nine till four at uni so that is madness whoa eight hours <sighs> oh yeah no it it's um a lot of money spent on eight hours a week mm. um yeah so my routine wasn't really enforced I now that I'm I'm working and I've done lots of different jobs but I'm I'm now at that kind of nine to five career job mm. I love it I, oh good <laughs> oh my goodness it, it it's you know at five o'clock my day is done yeah I I have you know I've got concentrated energy Hmm. uh in in one bit I might go have a nap but now that all my my friends are in the same routine Hmm. um it just it gives me like purpose during the day so I do think routine is really important yeah something that I have everybody else is like that's really weird (laughs) is that no matter how 
bad I feel, mm. I make sure, especially on the days that I feel really bad, is I make sure to wear like jeans and a, a, a nice top or mm. I make sure that I'm getting dressed. Yeah. You know, the, the days that, um, because I do, I do live independently now. Mm. Um, you know, if I am having a day that I'm a lot more spasmy, I will mm. wear, wear, will wear clothes that are, you know, all more tracksuit bottoms, pajamas. Yeah. But it, it's, I try not to get wear pajamas during the day. Yeah. It's, there has to be mentally for me such a clear um, divide break. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because for me, wearing my pajamas during the day is, is of times when I was sick, when mm. I was unwell. Yeah. And it's, even though I'm feeling really crap, I'm not, it, it, it's about kind of going, okay, I'm going through the motions. Mm. And even if that day, you know, I, I might not do a full face of makeup because when I'm spasming, I might actually poke my eye out. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't do that. If, if it's just like a little bit of lipstick or a little bit of mascara or just my eyebrows, just something yeah. to go, I have made an effort this mm. day yeah and and that has been so important to me um mm. you know and, and something that that my mum really did uh made me do as, as a kid and it's something that I do now mm. um but also have at least one thing a week to look forward to mm. whether that is the cinema having your friends over um you know seeing a show or just something you have to have one reason a week to work for yeah that that you've kind of gone I've got one treat this week that that um you know I deserve it and it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be super expensive at all mm. you know it, it could simply just be going to your friend's house yeah um and... I used I used to like bribe myself with tv shows <laughs> so I would like I'd be like oh I really want to watch that tv show whatever it might be and I'd yeah. be like right, if I manage to do xyz I can binge watch it that was my one yeah no I I absolutely but that xyz doesn't need to be you run a marathon this week oh my god no it's <laughs> it might have just been I needed to get dressed that day yeah and and um I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but when I was in my like most acute phase of, of recovery and, and mm. the kind of rehab, um, my parents made had a jigsaw made mm. that um, the full picture was basically uh, pictures of like little different prizes. Mm. And the idea was that if I got up that day and I did some physio or anything that I felt was particularly difficult, that felt like I'd achieved something, mm. I got to get a piece of the jigsaw. That's cool. And so if I completed a section where it had, um, God, I still have it as well. Do it's you? It's like little plastic turtle thing. Then when you put it in water, it, it, it was my dad's idea. So that explains so much. Um, <laughs> But I have that and I've taken that every place that I have lived. Yeah. Because that little turtle is is like a week's worth of of achievement. Mm. And those achievements were the days that I really did not feel like getting out of bed or the first day that I was able to put my shoes on by myself. Yeah. Or um, 
the first day that I was able to to eat like proper food rather than just you know not being able to eat properly so it was all those small achievements there's no such thing as a, a small achievement I think oh absolutely not my one of my one of my that I, I remember first time I carried a full cup of tea got really excited about mm. that <laughs> it's so it's so I don't think people realize that like I remember using a knife and a fork at the same time yeah and being like oh my god wow I'm, I'm doing so it coordinated. I'm doing it this is amazing but yeah you do don't you like the excitement I had about cur- ca- carrying cu- ooh, carrying even let's try that again carrying a full cup of tea across from my kitchen into my front room it was like nothing else so proud of that moment I think I even took a photo of it because I was so proud of myself (laughs) but it's so true and there it's like there are days where I'm quite happy to go like walk a 5k Mm. and then the next day I can't you know I need to use full mobility aids and it's you know that that five kilometer walk is an achievement that day but the next Mm. day getting up and having a shower is just as important oh my god showers are so tiring when you're when you're having a bad day Ugh, i find that i got i got a shower a shower stall because i don't function without a shower i i'm i'm quite um compulsive with my showers (laughs) um uh, it's another thing like carrying the cup of tea or you know getting up and getting dressed it's another thing that just isn't thought about you're like oh you just you know it's just a shower and you're like it's just so tiring like, I've got to stand on a wet, slippery surface and not fall over, coordinate my arms and my legs and my brain to know what I need to do in what order. That is a lot to comprehend. Yeah. It's a lot going on. It's, yeah. I, I remember um, my friend told me this, is that there was, a like, a marathon runner mm. who has done all these great, wonderful achievements and it was only as he got older that he realised that that is such a privilege. The ability to just get out of bed and go mm. for a run is such a privilege. Mm. Because there's so many people that there's so many more steps in between that. Yeah. And it, it, it's that's something that's really, really struck with me. Stuck with me and <laughs> struck me. Um, but yeah, there are days that I, I take for granted that mm. I get up and I go to work. Because mm. there's other days where it just feels like it's like climbing a mountain. Yeah. And it, that is something that I would always say to people, you know, you know my, my friends and um, family, is that it really is a privilege. Yeah. Um, and those are the things that you have to consider when you are talking to me, interacting with me, that you've no idea how difficult it was for me to get to that place that day some days it's absolutely fine Mm. and some days it is bloody awful so I think that's that's the thing it's it's celebrating small steps as well like and being flexible in your mindset about it and that's really easy to sit here and say and be like oh just Mm. be flexible just you know just take each day as it comes I promise it does get easier but in that moment, it just feels like an impossible task. And like I said, it's just climbing the mountain and there's just so many different false summits. You're never feeling like you're reaching the top. But yeah. each day is just another step forward. Even if it's only half a step forward, it's still another bit forward than it was the day before. Um, yeah. So I think, you, yeah, so routine, definitely. I completely agree with that. That's something I found 
making the effort to kind of get up and get dressed absolutely um mm. is there anything else you can think of that you're like actually this this was this was really helpful um it doesn't matter I, it was I just curious that's all I'm a curious soul I like to, I like to ask questions <laughs> I think if you can be you can incorporate your friends and your your family into that recovery process get them on I think that's really train yeah you know communication is really important it's like you do not have to do this by yourself mm. and the likelihood is, is you're not going to be able to do it for yourself by mm. yourself um you know we're all we're all just human and we all just want help learn how easy it is to ask for help mm. it's not a failure and that's again something that I have been really struggling with because I want to be independence doesn't mean you have to do everything by yourself mm. and independence is you know we all support each other mm. and just because someone helps you doesn't mean that you're the burden you know you help them back it, yeah. it's a cooperative process yeah um so yeah I would learn learn the importance of, of asking for help because that really there's no, there's no point struggling unnecessarily. That's silly. Mm. That's a waste of time. Life and is too, too short, too precious. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing is kind of just building on that is try and work out what help is best for you. Yeah. What form does that come in? Is it, you know, is there might be a day where actually, you know, you can't walk, so you need the physical help of getting up and moving around. But on a day where your brain is maybe being unkind or whatever... What what help is it that's going to be the best for you? Is it that actually you just need someone to say, right, I'm coming over for a cup of tea? Or mm. is it that you need someone to be like, to send you something funny or to go outside? Um, you know, there's there's lots of different forms that help can come and it doesn't necessarily just mean physical support in moving around or feeding or dressing, whatever it yeah. is. It, it, it extends further than that, um, which I think is sometimes forgotten about. Oh no, massively. I mean, um, something that, that with my mum, there are days that I'll just say to her, it's like brain, brain, brain fog. Mm. <laughs> and it's something that, that, you know, in my relationship that I've had to be very, very honest about mm. is there are days that my brain just does not feel like it, it works properly. Mm. And certain, um, you know, sort of stimuli are, are just way too much yeah and it's it's been able to communicate those and understanding what I need mm. and then being able to communicate that and it being well received yeah um that that's really a learning process and something I'm still learning the people around me are still learning but it, it's when it works it's so lovely because mm. it, it doesn't it, it doesn't it's not just one thing yeah it's not physical health you're absolutely right that's there's lots of different ways like turning off the lights or yeah. speaking a bit more quietly and slowly putting the subtitles on the telly yeah turning yeah, the volume it's... down like turning the brightness down yeah all of all of those things you know, yeah. i think with fnd people forget that because it is a a wiring issue that sometimes i mean i, I can only speak for myself but sometimes i feel like i experience things a bit more vividly mm. 
say I'm very I'm a sensitive soul <laughs> mm. I'm a sensitive soul anyway so and and with FND there are days that that certain like textures and smells and yeah. lights and it just all becomes way too much yeah um to the point where it's where it's almost painful so so being able to kind of communicate that as well mm. is you know why why suffer when you can you can have a little bit of help it's it doesn't it doesn't mean you failed and and having that changing yeah. that sort of definition and that mentality is really important because I think it is sort of like an internalized ableism yeah it's really hard to do though it's really hard to make that shift over but it's it's it is very definitely important um mm. but it does take time I think that that would be my other thing is none of none of what we're saying oh crumbs I need to fill out my chair that's good isn't it um <laughs> just moved when I wasn't expecting it to um none of what we've just said will happen overnight it takes time oh, God, no. and it, it might be that it takes a week it might take longer it might take only an hour but there's no right or wrong amount of time as long as you keep trying um yeah you're on your own timeline don't yeah. don't it's so much wasted energy comparing yourself yeah and your experiences to other people it's mm. you know I've I think, to be honest, this is where I kind of am quite lucky in where I've been diagnosed is that I maybe didn't have that set idea as yeah. if, I, if I was an adult at the mm. time. Mm. You know, I've my, my understanding and concept of things is so fluid mm. that um, I was much more flexible and much more able to adapt to things. Yeah. I think that's where the youngness kind of kind of comes in mm. would I be the same if I was diagnosed now I don't know yeah um, you, you, so... you, you, there's no way of knowing though is there there's no way of ever testing that but I think it's it's having that flexibility helps resilience the resilience of yeah. being a teenager is I think genuinely one of the the, the positives and mm. silver linings and all that <laughs> mine was my stubbornness apparently <laughs> I have to, I have been um, told that, <laughs> so I, I um, yeah, I've I've been told. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. A little bit of stubbornness when you're going through what feels like a minefield. That's okay. That's a, no, yeah. It's no a one's, strength. Yeah, no one's going to begrudge you a little bit of stubbornness when you feel like you're going on an uphill battle every day. Yeah, that is no, okay. Absolutely. I think sometimes stubbornness gets a really bad rap but I think sometimes actually you know everyone needs just to be a little bit stubborn once in a while I think it's one of my key strengths <laughs> I think it's I don't it's... think everybody else thinks that but oh, I yeah. think it is <laughs> well then it doesn't matter does it I think it's just one of those things that you know it's okay to put your foot down it's yeah. okay to do that and to be like you know what today I just can't manage that or no today I need to just do this my yeah. other issue is that I tend to just go guns blazing into everything and refuse to rest. So that's my issue. But that's just because I'm stubborn in a slightly different man manner. I, yeah, I I really, really relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can totally climb a mountain, run a marathon, do like a 10k swim, walk the dogs and not eat anything and not sleep. And I'll be perfectly fine. I'm like, hmm, I worry. You sure about that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, and the next day you're just like, I 
am barely alive. <laughs> I wouldn't even get through half of that. Um, but I like to think that I could. I think that's that's my motive. I'm like, yeah, no, I can totally tackle all of that and be perfectly fine because, you know, I am superwoman. <laughs> yeah, I Maybe feel not. good today. Therefore, I have to do everything. Yes, I have to tackle everything that I've been saving up for the past six months. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those but it does take time do, yeah. and I don't I, you don't need to rush through it either it will happen it will happen it just takes a bit of time and it takes a bit of adjusting but have faith that you will it will get there um so yeah. yeah is there anything you kind of want to say just a last little thought or have I exhausted you enough that you're like oh my god please stop talking to me <laughs> you didn't immediately say no either and I'm gonna take the very I I can keep see I can just keep going this is my problem is that it's just like shut me up I trust yourself I I think there is you we all know ourselves so much better than anyone else does Mm. um you know follow your instincts yeah and and you know be honest to both yourself and everyone around you I think yeah. that that's that's really important because if you're not honest to yourself, um, then it's it's going to be a much more difficult journey than it needs to be. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a that's a good way. We're going to finish it there on that nice like nice little ending. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ellie, for coming on for talking to me. Um, I really appreciate it. I hope that it's been okay for you. <laughs> Oh no, I've I've lived it. It's like yes, <laughs> I get to talk about it again. Well, it's that great. is that is absolutely fine. So, thank you very much for listening, guys, and stay tuned for another episode coming soon.